0: First of all, I wanted to give everyone a shkayach for coming, uh, especially in the inclement weather. Um, and I wanted to begin <coughs> by uh, thanking our host, Paul and Lisa Glazer. Uh, Paul initially she suggested that we should have a uh, a shir uh, on nani Hashkafa once a month, and he has uh, so uh, so uh, his, uh, he's so generously offered to host it and to uh, to arrange it and uh, we only wish and uh, give them the bracha to Paul and Talisa that all of the Torah that they host here in their home should elevate and inspire the level of Kedusha and Tahara of their entire home and their entire mishpacha Amen. Amen. We, um, <clears throat> this is the second in a uh, series of Shiurim, mini-series at least on the Rambam uh, Rambam's 13 Ikari his 13 uh, principles of faith and we concluded the, uh, the last year with a, a point about the nature of Eilam Haba. And what I would like to do tonight is to uh, put that point that we made about Eilam Haba, to take it, to put it into context, perhaps to elaborate upon it, to develop it a little bit more, and uh, to appreciate all of its consequences and all of its ramifications. If we do that, Emir uh, Hashem, I think we'll shed light on the concepts of Yomoy Mashiach* and of trias HaMetzim, And uh, we're just going to touch on these topics. Obviously, these topics are vast and uh, deserve their own comprehensive treatments, which we are not going to do tonight. But I believe that if we understand the common theme uh, that exists between Olam HaBa, Yemot Mashiach and Chiyas HaMesim, we'll gain a greater perspective on these uh, difficult and uh, nuanced and important concepts. (coughs) We begin... Last time, and we'll begin this time, with the discussion of the Rambam in his 13 Ikare Muna. The Rambam, at the beginning of uh, the 10th parak of Masech the Sanhedrin in his parish on Mishnayos, outlines for us 13 principles of faith, 13 Ikare haemuna. But the Rambam doesn't tell you exactly what these are relevant for. What's the purpose? What do these uh, represent? What is the purpose in this uh, endeavor of collecting these 13 Ikare Muna? What do they represent? And the, I guess the most obvious uh, possibility is that the 13 Ikariya of the 13 principles of faith, represent what uh, a good Jew has to believe in. They represent all the, do- the uh, dogmas of Yiddishkeit. These are the things you must believe in. And that's the way the Abarbanel and his Sefer Rosh understood uh, the Rambam. The Rambam was telling you the 13 things everybody has to believe in. We discussed last time the difficulty with that approach, and that is, and the Abarbanel already... Uh, takes offense, if this is what the Rambam intended to do, the Bible now says the Rambam failed, because a person has to believe that all of Tyra is true. You can't say these 13 things you must believe and everything else you don't have to believe, and a person has to believe in everything, and presumably the Rambam would agree with that. Because the Rambam in his 8th uh, Ikar and Amunah, the 8th principle of faith is that the entire Torah was from the Rebundi In which case a person has to believe that all of Taira is true. The Rambam says even if you deny that one word of Taira is not true, a person is a is an Apikaris. So a person has to believe that the entirety of Taira is true. So then what then do these 13 Ikarim and amuna represent? The, what did the Rambam seek to accomplish by uh, articulating them and by collecting them? So the other possibility that's raised by the Rishonim is what is the Rambam uh, seeking to accomplish here? is that the Rambam was uh, telling us the primary and fundamental beliefs of Yiddishkeit. Meaning, if you boil everything down, it will come down to these 13 things. The problem with that approach, and uh, that's the way it's understood by the Sefer Ikrim, Rav Yosef Albo, one of the Rishonim, the problem with that approach is that uh, Rav Yosef Albo argues you could boil it down even further. Why did the Ramam stop here with uh, these 13? If these are the primary and uh, fundamental core principles of Yiddishkeit from which everything else emerges and everything else stems from these 13 principles, these 13 could be narrowed down even further to more primary and more fundamental beliefs. And the Sefer Ikrim argues really there's three core beliefs to Yiddishkeit from which everything stems. He claims that there's Mitziyus Hashem, if a person believes that Kaddish Baruch Hu exists, the Torah shamayim Torah shamayim and Sekhar v'yoynesh, everything stems from those three concepts. So if the Rambam was trying to boil it down to primary and fundamental beliefs, the Rambam also seems to have failed, because a person could boil it down even further to three core beliefs. So what then do the 13 Ikkarim and muna represent? What did the Rambam seek to accomplish by collecting them? So we concluded last time uh, with the Pshat of the Briskarov, which appears in his Haggadah on Pesach, where the Brizkirov explains that the Rambam's 13 and Minamuna represent what a person has to believe in in order to attain Aylam Haba. That's what it represents. It doesn't represent everything you have to believe in. You have to believe in much more. You have to believe in the entire Torah. It doesn't represent the core principles. There are, the core principles, you could boil it down to three, perhaps. What it represents is you must believe in these 13 things to attain Aylam Haba. And the Rambam tells us as much. The Rambam in the tenth uh, parak of Mesechta Sanhedrin, writes on the Mishnah, "Kol Yisrael Yesh Chelak All of Yisrael has a chelak and oil The Rambam says, "Who is Yisrael?" kasher, Look at the underlined part. kasher you Kayomim La'Adam. Kol When a person will believe in all of these principles, he just finished outlining the thirteen principles. When you believe in the thirteen ikarim and the v'amunase b'hem and his Amuna in them is complete. Then he's included in Yisrael, and he attains a portion in Oilam Habar. If a person has doubts about one of these principles, So the Ram says if you don't believe in one of these 13 things, then you are an Apikaris which the Mishnah says in the South San Sanhedrin loses his chilek in Oilam Haba, or does not have a chilek in Oilam Haba. So the, so the way the Brizki understood what the Rambam uh, was trying to accomplish by collecting these 13 Ikarmid mit amun, and what they represent is that a person has to believe in these 13 things to get into Oilam Haba. And if you believe in these 13 things, you can get into Ilum Haba, even if he's not a Yisrael. The Rambam writes in the Periches of Hilchas Malachim, that even uh, someone from the Umos Ha'Elam, ben Na'ach, who believes in these thirteen principles, can have a portion in the in the Elam Habo. Kolam Makabel Eis Beis over here. Kolam Makabel Sheva Mitzvahs V'nizalas Soi Anybody who accepts all seven uh, of the uh, Mitzvahs Benei Na'ach, Harais a Chassid of Umos Ha'Elam. He's a Chassid of Umos Ha'Elam. Ve'Yesh Loi Chelak Habo. The Rambam says he has a Chelak in Elam Habo. Even though he's not a yid, this is a little bit an important caveat. The rabban says, as long as he does the shavu mitzvahs, not because he thinks it's the right thing to do, or because the uh, the uh, the area of you know the country that he lives in demands that you keep all and mitzvahs, No, he has to do it because he believes that uh, this was communicated to us by Moshe Rabbeinu from the Ribanu Shalom. So if he believes in the karmi amuna, so then he can even if he's from the ulmas be a in haba. Because whoever believes in these thirteen things uh, has a chelak in haba. He's included in kol yisrael Yeshom chelak al haba. And if you do not believe in these thirteen things, then by, uh, then you do not have a chelak in haba. The Rambam in the Ma'aravuchim explains this concept further. That this is because aylam haba is an intellectual experience. The Rambam tells us that when a person is born with a certain seichel, his uh, life's goal is to broaden that seichel, to develop his intellect to the degree that he believes in the Yud Gimel Ikrei If he has developed his intellect to the degree that he believes in these 13 things, then he can enjoy the intellectual experience of Eilam Haba. The Rambam tells us Eilam Haba is, a, is, a, uh, is an intellectual experience of understanding of the Rebunished Lailam that we cannot attain here. So since the Rambam says, Alam Habah is a kind of intellectual experience, so therefore it says the Rambam, you have to broaden your intellect to the degree that you can appreciate it. If you do not believe in the yugim al Ikrim of Emunah, the Rambam says, it's not that you lose your chedek and a person just is not relevant to Ayolim Habah. he can't appreciate it. So Rambam says, you have to develop your seichel, if you develop your seichel, and you have these emunos v'nesinos deos amitios. Then a person can understand or can relate or can be Then a person can have haba of uh, eternal life, but that is an intellectual experience for the Rambam. So since it's an intellectual experience, the Rambam says that a person has to broaden his intellect to the degree that he uh, believes in the yugim lo ikrei If he doesn't believe in the yugim lo ikrei then he will not have a chaylak in Eilam Haba. And that's how the Rambam understands the shaar that is for tzaddikim in Eilam Haba and the punishment that is for Rishoyim. Look at the eyes the Rambam writes in Paraches of Tzadikim, the taiva that is set aside or hidden for tzadikim hi chay Haba, is itself enjoying this reward of Eilam Haba, the experience of Eilam Haba. Shaar tzadikim who she is, kulin zeh sky that can get is that they will benefit from this, they'll enjoy it. And on the second line he writes, What is the punishment that's due to yamusu. They will not be relevant to this experience of Eilam Haba, and therefore they will die and they will be cut off. Meaning they will never get there. Because it's an intellectual experience, but you have to believe in the Yul Gimel to get there. If you don't, you simply just won't get there. And that's the biggest punishment of all. So, the Yud Gimel Ikram of the Rambam represents not everything you have to believe in. It represents not core, fundamental, and primary beliefs. Like, you know, the primary colors of the rainbow, that, that which you can focus every boiler down to. If it would be the case, it would be three. And if it would be the case, the Rambam were listing uh, all the things you had to believe in, there'd be many, many more. You have to believe in the entire Torah. Rather, what is the Rambam telling us by collecting the 13 Ikarmen Amun? He's telling us, if you believe in these 13 things, you are relevant, to Elam Abba, if you do not, you are simply not relevant to Ilam Abar. Yes. On point base, you referred to the Sheb Mitzbani Nayach. Right. It says those a God believes the Shebnitzburn, and he believes it comes from Ikadi Korhu from Myshra, get Khayib al Baba. How does that into uh, louderly Oh I'm sorry. What I was asking was how does the Shebn Mitzbali Nayak relate to the 13 Ikra mun? I assume and you're right, I'm 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 adding here, but I assume when he says that it was given to us by Moshe Rabbeinu from the Rebbeinu that that's including that he believes in something, at least a number of the ikrim and amuna that relate to him, or enough of them that he could get a portion in in, in Habo. The Rambam doesn't tell us any more than that, but the Rambam tells us even a Ben Noach, which is surprising, can have a in Eilam Habo. So I would suggest that that's because along the lines of what the Rambam told us that the uh, Yugim ikrim represent. But you need to get into Al-Mabah, perhaps even a Ben Noach who believes in those things can get there. Otherwise, I don't see how he gets there. So why does the Mr. say call Yisrael? So what Yisrael means is whoever believes in the Ikrim and Emunah and, not, uh, and if you don't believe, that's what the Ramah told us. Who, who is Yisrael? Is there a person who believes in, uh, in the Ikrim and Emunah? If you don't, then you're not a Yisrael. Oh, yes, so that's 613 right. It have boiled down to thirteen No, Maybe the have they're not boiled minutes. down. No. That's exactly the point. These no, thirteen things. About. If you don't believe in, let's say, something else, if you don't believe in something else. You can get out of boat You're wrong, but you could get out of Ma'abar. Fine, I accept that. But I'm saying it could be that he has so something. He has to have thirteen It uh, could be, it be could a bad be less. less. Right. Right. A right, right. But we're we're we 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 we're, uh, we're stabbing in the dark. We don't know. The Ram doesn't tell us. Okay, so. Right. So I, I agree, but uh, we we just don't know. However, what the Rambam is telling us is, in fact, uh, something <coughs> that is more profound and really goes to what the, uh, the heart of Elam Haba is all about. And Ab really takes this idea and expands it a little bit further. What the Rambam seems to be telling us is, is that being Zayachet alam Haba, Elam Haba is the type of reward that is a natural reward as opposed to an artificial reward. We know from uh, raising children, raised children, knows that there's two ways you can uh, motivate uh, children two you know, fundamental ways. One way is you can provide the child with an artificial reward. I tell the child, you know, uh, I say, I shovel the snow um, because I'll give you $10. Uh, I'll give you a soda can, a chocolate, depending on the age of the child, you know, whatever works at that age. You can, or clean up your room, I'll give you uh, money to do it, whatever, whatever the case may be. Study for your tests, I'll give you $10. That's an artificial reward. Then there's a natural reward. A natural reward is where I tell the child, study for your tests, because then you'll be successful in life. Or shovel the uh, driveway, because then you have a place to play. Clean your room, because then you may, may, maybe you'll find that toy you've been missing. So the reward is the activity itself. It's built in. It usually doesn't work with work, work children. <laughs> but it, that's a natural reward. An unofficial reward is where you have to tell the child, do this and I'll give you something external, something else. So according to the Rambam, Eilam Haba is a natural reward. If you have developed your seichel to the degree that you believe in the Ikram and Emunah, then you can benefit, you can enjoy Ilam Haba, which itself is an intellectual experience for the Rambam. And the reward of developing your intellect is an intellectual experience of Ilam Haba. If you do not believe in the Ikram and Emunah, so then he does not get a chelek in Ilam Haba, not because I took away a candy bar, I took away a can of soda or something, but it's because you simply, uh, if you didn't study for your test, you simply will fail. And there's nothing, it's, that's not a punishment to the child that he fails the test, it's just a consequence of his actions. So, so too here, losing all the haba, the Rambam seems to be telling us is a natural consequence, not a punishment. And in fact, that's how Chaim understands a, uh, a difficult Rambam. The Rambam writes over here, hay." In Paragim of Hilcho Yistashuv Ha'loch the Rambam says, Ha'ayma shiyei sheim ribay guf ubal tamuna, a person who says that the ribaneshulaylam is one, and he exists, but he has a form, he has a body. So the Rambam says he's an apikareis, amin, and he loses Ilam haba. That's the third ikar and amuna of the Rambam. Kaddish Baruch has no guf ubal tamuna. The Raivid disagrees with the Rambam, and he writes at the second line after the period, Aleph Aleph, Omar Avraham, the Rilama Karl Azem Min. Why does he call such a person who believes that the Ribonisham has a physical uh, goof? Why does he call him an Abikaris? Many people greater and better than the Rambam, Hokhu Bazua Machsava. We, I don't know who this is. Which, which, which Rishonim is he talking about? But he says that there are those, maybe we should have a shir about this, but he says there are those that are greater and better than the Ramam that follow this Mashavah. Why? The Ravid doesn't seem to agree, but he says that there are many people greater than the Ramam who, who felt like this. The Ravid says it's not their fault. If you read the Chumash, it implies that Ribbonishlam has a guf, the past. In Yonadi Yoyimah, in the, the Pasha Sashavu, that a Hu took us out beyond Chazak of Israel and a Baruch Hu you with know, a strong hand and an outstretched arm. So Kodesh, the Chumish implies in numerous places, and Chazal as well, that the has a goof. So says the rabbit, it's not their fault. The rabbit doesn't think it's correct, but he says it's not their fault if a person believes Rebaneshalim has a goof, it's not his fault. He's like a Tina Shinishva. The Gemara says in Masech, the Shabbos we're familiar with, that if a person violates Shabbos, he brings a carbon chatos. But let's say it's not even a shaygek. It's not inadvertent. It's not by accident. He simply never received a Jewish education. He doesn't know anything about Shabbos. He's never heard of Shabbos before. He doesn't have to bring a carbon. He's exempt. He's a Tinok Shanishba. We don't punish a Tinok Shanishba, a Tinok tino that was taken captive when he was a little baby and didn't received a Jewish education. So says the it here too, it's not his fault. He was led astray by the psukim that imply that the Rebunished Shalom has a form. So why should he lose Ilam Habah? So Reb is quoted over here by Wasserman uh, in his letters, called the Kaivetzma Marim. He quotes from Rabchayim, the Shamati Besheim Rabchayim, that by Kfira Loy Shaykh Shay when it comes to not believing in the Amunah, there's no concept of Shoygegh of inadvertent. The no You simply don't believe. If you don't believe, even if it's not your fault, but you don't believe, you don't get a chilek, an oylem haba. Oylem haba depends upon a person, let's say a kid comes into school, and he says, I didn't study, why didn't you study? It wasn't my fault, it does make a difference, you'll fail the test. So so too here, says the rabbi, if you don't believe, you simply are not shy to oylem haba. So even if it's not your fault, it's not a punishment, that we want to punish you, lose oylem haba. Alam is a natural reward, a consequence of believing. A person can then enjoy Alam haba. If you don't believe, you cannot enjoy Eilam We would not punish a, t- a person who's a kaifer b'shogeg. If a person is a tinek shenishba, so the chazanish writes, he might count for a minion. It could be he might, but that's not the point. The point is, in order to be relevant for Alam haba, which is an intellectual experience, a person has to have developed his intellect to the degree that he believes in the yugimel ikrei amuna. What is fascinating is it seems that the disagrees. The position is if it's not your fault that you don't believe then he still has aylam haba. Meaning the seems to have understood that aylam haba is not a natural reward, aylam haba is an artificial reward. You know, like a candy bar or a soda can or a ten dollars that you give a child for performing a task so too the rabbit right, says is an artificial reward that you get for being uh, for performing mitzvahs so if it's not his fault that he's a kaifer, it's not his fault he's an apikaris, he never learned any better he would have Hoylam Haba. We don't punish him that he, lose, he should lose Hoylam Haba just like we don't punish him that he has to bring a carbon chathos, a Shinishba. We don't punish him, uh, you know, label him as a mumardino ka'akum. He wouldn't lose Hoylam Haba for the ravid. The Rambam has understood Hoylam Haba as a natural reward, a consequence of his actions. He believes this is 12 acres in the Okay, believes in 12. No, so coin to raivet, maybe describe That's not the good Rambam. enough for the Rambam. Uh, you missed no, the cut. Another Rambam says you need these 13 acres to, to enjoy it. Right. Raivet twelve. Right. He doesn't agree with, the 13, with this one. Yeah, but that's not the argument he makes. The argument, he doesn't say this is not important. The argument he makes is it's not their fault. Which implies that the Ravid understood that uh, if it's not your fault, you still have Oylem Haba, even though you don't believe. So for the Ravid, it sounds like Oylem Haba is an artificial reward, whereas for the Rambam it sounds like it's a natural reward. Like a child studying for his test, he'll do well. Doing well itself is a ma'ala. That's how the Ramam understood Oylem Haba. Whereas according to the Rai it's something external that you receive a reward for doing the right thing. This issue, whether Ilam Haba is a natural reward or an artificial reward, kind of, uh, is relevant in other contexts as well. We generally assume that it's an artificial reward. That it's kind of like if you do the right thing, then you'll be uh, rewarded. But uh, this seems to actually be a Machleka Zacharyonim with regards to a well-known Halacha. Is Eulam uh, Haba a, like a commodity that I can buy and sell? Can I, like, uh, can I write over my Eulam Haba to somebody else? Or maybe that whole concept makes no sense. This comes up with regards to a Pesach in Parashas of Habracha, where the Pesach says, uh, with regards to Shevet of Zvulun and Yisach, the Pesach says, Smach Zvulun, Yisachar by Alecha." Zvulun should be happy going out, and Yisachar should be happy in the tents. Going out to business, Zvulun, and Yisachar should be happy in the tents of Torah. Sir so Ashi says, from the fact that Zvulun and Yisachar are mentioned in the same it sounds like they have an arrangement over here. Sir so Ashi says, that's uh, Yisachar Zvulun. What is the arrangement? Zvulun goes to work, he earns money, he gives some of the, he uses the money to support Yisachar, and Yisachar splits with him the schar that he receives for learning. And this is quoted by the Rahman in Hilchaz Talmud Torah. It's better to learn yourself, but <coughs> he should support other people who are learning. It will be as if he learned himself. He'll learn Torah and he'll give parnasa to his friend, and they'll split the reward. They'll split the reward in Eilam Abba. That's what the ramah says. How do you understand this relationship? This is Sacher's Vulon. That's the the Beis Yosef writes in the Avkas Reichel and his Chuvis that it's literally a, a, a partnership. It says it's, uh, I make up with you, I'll, say I'm going to work, you're going to learn, I'll give you half of my earnings, you'll give me half of your El-Maba for your learning. Ramesha writes in the Igris Maisha that you have to split it 50-50, which is not done by anybody I know who has Yisachas Vulun. That means that if a guy makes uh, $5 million or whatever and he supports a guy in Yisachas Vulun, he's got to give him 25 and then he gets uh, half the Talmud Torah. You can't give the guy a, a stipend and get half of his Talmud Torah. It has to be that you give the guy half of what you earn, says Ramayusha, in Partnership, half of what you earn, then you get half of the Torah that he's learning. That's, uh, that's how Ramayusha understood the concept of Yisachar Zuhu. And Therefore, Ramayusha writes that he loses half of his Eilam Haba for his learning. Half of that goes to the guy who's working. Just like the guy who's working has to give him... Uh, 2.5. So, too, this guy's got to give him half of the Eilem Haba that he was going to get, and he loses because of that. The Meshachachma claims, that's the Pshad in the in by Yisachar, That he will be an indentured servant. Mas also could mean uh, a tax. So you say, he works, as a ta- I mean, he has a tax. What's the tax on Yisachar for learning that he's got to give half of his Eilem Haba to Zvulun? He loses half, and he has to give it to Zvulun. That's one interpretation of this concept. However, many disagree. There are Chaim the Baal there's a famous tshuva in the Tshuva Vadas, or Shlomo Kluger, who writes, no, you cannot barter Olam Abba. is non-transferable. If you learn uh, Torah, then you expand your seichel, your knowledge of the Rebunished Shulalim. that cannot transfer to somebody else. It's not a commodity <coughs> that you can buy and sell, futures and you know, short-sell. It doesn't exist when it comes to Eilam Haba. Because Eilam Haba, presumably they understood, as a natural reward for your activity. So if you learn, you're Zayachat haba. I can't transfer that to somebody else. What does Yisachar Zvulun mean? So they understood it in an entirely different way. They claim that when a person gives Zayachar normally, that's a uh, support of Hachnasus Kala. That's a wonderful thing. There's a tremendous amount of reward for that. A person supports Tam Shabbos. Tremendous amount of reward. There's a unique thing when a person supports Torah, a fringe benefit. If you support Torah, it's as if you learned yourself. It's not that I'm taking away any of the reward of the guy who learns. He learns. He gets his aylem haba by itself. You study for the test. You do well on the test. I can't take that away. But when I support Torah, even if I give him a stipend, you don't have to give him half half of your parnasa. Even if you give him a stipend, I support Torah. That's as his learning is as if I learned myself not because we're splitting it, it's not a partnership, I'm trading my it's that uh, if I support her, it's as if I learned myself the pusik says in Pasha's Truma, that when uh, and the Aaron was traveling from place to place, there were poles on the side so uh, it was only used for traveling, nonetheless the pusik says that the, in the rings on the side of the Aaron, the poles always had to be there so Rashi touches on the Pesach, they have to be there, Li Arlam, forever. The Badim have to be there. Whether you're going anywhere, you're not going anywhere, it's going to reside in the Beis so always the Poles have to be in the side of the Yomit. <coughs> What's the significance of that? So Chavetz Chaim writes in his parish on Chumash, Rabbi Yaakov has the same thing in the Emes Li and that is that uh, the Poles represent those who support Torah, who carry Torah. And they're next to the Aram, Li because whoever supports Torah is as if he learned Torah, and therefore, they're always connected to the Yoram because they even have a chelak and Ilam habar for the learning of the Torah that they support. So, why? Why well, come if I support Torah? It's as if I learned myself. So, I think along the lines of what we've been saying, we can understand because a person who appreciates knowledge, at least, is the first stage of, of having knowledge. If you don't appreciate knowledge, you don't support knowledge, so then you're not shocked to the whole world of knowledge and intellect. But if a person at least supports Torah, so then, uh, that he appreciates what it's all about. That already, even uh, if you follow the natural order of things, you know, the natural reward of for learning, he at least appreciates knowledge. That's a certain, uh, even if he was never zaykhah, to be able to do it himself, at least he appreciates it. That gets him uh, a little bit of for, for that alone. But it doesn't detract from the person that he's supporting. Yeah. Hi. Is it the Raab's position that according to the Rambam then, that somebody who is incapable of yeah, you know, somebody who is challenged in a way that they are in incapable has no place in the Rambam. Well, let's say a child. Yeah. Well, uh, someone, I think those cases are are are, uh, are going to be harder to fit in with any structure. Meaning, let's yeah, say. Not in the structure where it is, I'm is saying, saying. Right, but let's say I'm saying even if it works based on mitzvahs, so, Right, it's going to be harder to work in for the Rambam. I agree with you. I agree with you. It's going to be harder to work in. I don't take the position that you said, but I, I don't know how it fits in with the Rambam. The whole idea was getting schar, to get the olam not the olam comes in and of itself. So that's the way the Rambam understood. According to the Rambam, and this is the way some achoranim seem to understand by the sachar Vulun, olam Abba is not a commodity, it's not an artificial reward, it is a byproduct, a natural reward for believing. If you believe, you're relevant, you've developed your seichel. the Rambam says, which is very... Uh, Aristotelian idea but you have developed your intellect to the degree that you are now relevant to Eilam and you can appreciate it basking in the glory of the Rabbani Shalom understanding HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because you are relevant to that discussion you can appreciate it if you do not believe in your Gimel Muna for the Ramam it's not a punishment that you lose it you can't make an argument come with a doctor's note or you say oh, it wasn't my fault it doesn't make a difference you simply are just not relevant you can't appreciate what Eilam Haba is all about as an intellectual experience and how do you apply uh, yeah, so old have an intellectual aspect no, for the Rambam, that, that's going to be one of the, uh, the arguments against the Rambam, is that this doesn't fit with any of the concepts that we're used to. If you do a mitzvah, you get rewarded, you do an aver, you get punished for the Rambam. It's either you're in or you're out. How do you understand that entire concept? And that's why many reject the Rambam, and it's not the traditional approach. The traditional approach is that of the Ravid, And that is that alam Abba is something that you earn for mitzvahs, you lose for Averis, and if a person, and it's kind of, it's not, it's an artificial reward, not just an intellectual experience, it's an artificial reward that you have. And uh, if a person is a Tinox shenishba, we wouldn't punish him, and he would not lose any alam Abba, because he doesn't believe if it's not his fault. Okay, so that's the, what we have for the Rambam and the Ravid. The Rambam seems to understand alam Abba is a uh, natural... Uh, consequence of believing, it's an intellectual experience, whereas for the ravid, it's an artificial experience, and, um, and uh, has nothing. To, you don't necessarily have to believe proactively in these 13 things, if it's not your fault, you can also get to Ilam Haba. This machleg between the Rambam and the ravid, really, if you think a little bit deeper, is really a machleg between the Rambam and the ravid with regards to the nature of what is Eilam Haba. The Rambam... <coughs> Um, is discussing and ice test is discussing the Gemara and brachas. The Gemara tells us in brachas and This world is not like the next world. In the next world, there's no eating, there's no drinking, no no business, no kina, no hatred, no, j- no competition their crowns sit on their head and they enjoy being in the uh, glory or the presence of HaKadosh Baruch that's what Eilam Abba is about there's no eating, no drinking no jealousy, nothing you're just sitting and enjoying the ziv so therefore the Rabbam concludes from this Gemara Eilam Abba does not have a body you're not in a body in Eilam Abba it's only a neshama the Raman says we are just Nishamais in Olam Haba, there are no bodies in Olam Haba, you don't have a physical body that's why there's no eating, there's no drinking because there's no a physical body. But there are crowns that heads. Rather, that's a mashol, says the Rambam. Look at the end of the second line. Tzaddik, they sit with crowns. What is that? When you're in a dark, lowly body, says the Rambam, there are certain things you just can't understand and appreciate about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And in it doesn't literally mean we'll be sitting with crowns. It represents the fact that we will now understand Greater understanding of the Rebbeinu and we will bask in this understanding. That's how the Rambam understands the experience of Eilam Abba. Is that is the intellect? Then it's not a physical thing. It's not a physical thing at all for the Rambam, and that follows with what the Rambam has told us. Eilam Abba is an intellectual experience which you have to believe in the Yudgamal Ikrim to get there, and there's no bodies there. It's just an intellect. It's just the neshamos. And the Rambam continues in Ois Yud over here. The Rambam, Perches, Elohim, tells us that the minute a person dies, he goes to Olam Abba. It's called Olam Abba, not because it's not around now that this world is going to end. And the, then Olam Abba will begin. He writes on the second line. It is found now. The minute a person dies, he goes to Olam Abba. The guf separates from the Neshama, and the Neshama goes... Um, the neshama goes to Olam Habah. sadikim go to Olam Haba. Rishayim, as the Rambam said, if you don't believe in the Yudh Gimel Ikrim, you never get there. That's the opinion of the Rambam. The Ravid and the Ramban disagree vehemently with the Rambam. This is one of the reasons, one of the major oppositions to the Rambam's entire of Torah was because of this idea. The ravid writes, look back at Ois Tesh, and it's not surprising that the Ravid disagrees based on what we know so far, but the Ravid writes on the fourth line, Alaf Alfa Mar Avram Divrei ha'ish Ish Hazeb Einai It's close to saying, Le Mishah Ein Tchias Hamesim. The Rambam seems to be denying Tchias Hamesim Le Gufa Isel Neshama He seems to be saying, according to the Rambam, what happens? A person is alive with a body. A person dies. If Shana, the neshama separates from the guf. The neshama goes to Olam Haba. So, where's Tchias Hamesim? Where's Mashiach? How does that fit in? to the Rambam's structure. And the Rambam was in fact accused of denying Trias HaMesim, um, which is extremely ironic, because the Rambam in his Yud Gimel Iker and Amuna claims you cannot be zeich at unless you believe in Trias HaMesim. That's the, uh, of course, the final Iker and Amuna, And the twelfth is you have to believe in Mashiach. So Rambam clearly believed in these concepts, but we don't understand how it fits in, says the Ravid, A person dies and Shama goes to HaLam where's Trias HaMesim? And so the raivet does not understand rather the raivet says in Ilam Haba we will have bodies what will Ilam Haba be the Gemara says there's no eating no drinking no business no hatred no kinah so says the raivet what that means is we'll be like malachim that our uh, spirituality can uh, allow us to subsist on that alone the Ramban in his Torah Sa'adam compares it to Moshe Rabbeinu and Har Sinai, that he got physical sustenance, kept him alive. So too, in Olam Abba, our spirituality, I'm sorry, our spiritual sustenance, will have spiritual sustenance and that will allow us uh, to be alive, but we will have bodies, says the Ravid. The Ravid understands that there will be bodies, it won't just be an alone. That fits well with the Raivin's general understanding of what Eilam Abba is about. Eilam Abba is artificial rewards. It could even be physical rewards. That's what the Navi describes, I mean, and the Chumash describes, the parashat uh, Baku Kaysai, that if you do the right thing, or the, I mean, all the brachas that Kaysa will receive, if they properly perform the Torah, they'll receive an Eilam Abba, but that presumes that we have, uh, we have bodies. Whereas the Rambam understood erev is as an intellectual experience, which, if you believe in the yugimal Gimel so therefore the Rambam understood. It makes sense that the Rambam understood that erev is just neshamayis without a goof. Yes. So is that that seems to um, correspond with why we're so careful with dead bodies and body parts. If you have like a body in this world, you want it to be as intact as possible in this world. Um. That's a kavod mace is. Uh, I don't know if it stems from that concept. It might be an independent concept. We'll, we'll get to Tchism. Isn't it, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It might be related. I don't know. The Ramban also disagrees with the Ramban. That's over here, Oisir Alf, And he outlines for us in his view what takes place after a person dies. Ki and says the Ramban, Ba'alam, and this is, I would say, the traditional view. Many of our uh, Hashkafers come from the Ramban, both on Chumish and in the Torah Adam. But the Rambam writes, Ki Nikla Rabba gan Eden. says the Rambam, when a person dies, he goes to Gan Eden. The Rambam barely mentions Gan Eden. He came out, doesn't mention Gehenim. That was one of the other criticisms of the Rambam. Gehenim not mentioned over here. person dies, he goes to Gan We don't first have to understand where's it's Chiyas ha-mesin. But the Rambam has nowhere, in the, at least in the Mishnah Torah, other places he has it scattered around, but it's hard to fit into his structure, Gan Eden, Gehenim... The Rambam doesn't really deal with these uh, concepts. But the Ramban writes that when a person dies, he goes to Gan Eden, where he exists as an Hashemah. goes to Gan Eden, Gehenim, if a person uh, requires a Kapar for Averas. After he receives a Kapar for his Averas in Gehenim, or he's in Gan Eden, when in Olam Hazeh Mashiach happens, <laughs> when Mashiach comes in this world, at the end of that will be Trias Hamesim, will be a great day of judgment, as the Navi says uh, That will be a great day of judgment. Some people will have Trias Hamesm, some people won't. Of a servant will be a day of judgment and says the there will be Trias Hamesm. Why will the bit chiyas Because in Olam Haba, says the Ramban, we are a goof and a neshama together. That's like the Ravid. We won't eat, we won't drink, we'll have spiritual sustenance, Ruchmiyas will keep us alive, but at the same time, we'll be a goof and a neshama. And that will exist, says the Ramban, uh, for eternity. So the, according to the Rambam, that's the Seder HaDvarim. And that's you know traditional, that's the way we've been brought up. A person uh, performs mitzvahs saying, so there's Then, if not, there's Gehenim, which the Rambam says could last for 12 months, as we know from saying Kaddish. A person would say Kaddish for 12 months, that's as long as the Neshama stays in uh, Gehenem. Then there'll be Mashiach down here, Trias HaMaisim, and Olam Abba, together with the Guf and the Neshama. The Rambam understands, though, that Olam Abba and then our my makes sense. Could be uh, according to the Rambam and the Rav, it could be an uh, artificial reward. The Rambam understands it's a, a natural reward for developing your amunois videos. and for the Rambam it's just in the Shema alone. So we have two problems. and We're showing them as two problems with the Rambam. The first is where's chiyas hamesim happening here? That's a major problem. The other major problem is where's all the rewards that the Torah Punisher You know, promises a person. For punishments, the Torah promises a person who probably keeps the Torah and the mitzvahs. So the Rambam, the Rambam, at the time of the printing of Mishnah Torah, afterwards had to defend himself, and he printed a Maimar on Trias HaMesim, where he defended himself. And the Rambam's defense, the Rambam also has, in the name of the, you know explaining the opinion of the Rambam, even though he doesn't agree he explains the opinion of the Rambam. And the opinion of the Rambam is the way the Ramban explains it, and this is the way it appears in the Maimar Tchiyosh HaMesim, is that according to the Rambam, what will happen is, there will be a person passes away, the Neshama goes to Olam Habar. Then in the middle of Olam Habar, he's interrupted, Mashiach comes to Olam Azeh, Tchiyosh HaMesim happens, the Neshama is brought back to have a physical goof, at which point he lives again alive and passes away again and goes back to Ilum Haba. That's the way the Ramban understood the Raman. the nefesh comes back to the guof. They'll come back at the time of Trias Hamesim. Says the Rambam, that's when you'll get all your rewards that's the Chumash promises of Pashas B'chukhu If you'll do all the mitzvahs, you'll get all the rewards. You'll get it then. The Ramam says that in Hilchas Tshuva over here, Isa Gimel. When will we get all of those physical pleasures or artificial rewards? We get them during this interim period, when a person comes back to a gluf. That's when you get all the reward. Then a person dies again. And he goes back to Alamaba. That's how the Rambam understood what happens over here. Totally different than the traditional approach. That's how the Rambam understood. Yes. According to Rambam, that the the Rambam agrees with the non-sexist process, if it's a eating, drinking, etc. What's the purpose of having the neshama's return to the guf? If the guf is going to be basically non-existential, if you will. For the Ramban. Yes, good. The Ramban's gonna ask that. We'll get to it in a second. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Excellent. Excellent. I'll do one better. What's the purpose for the Rambam? The Ram I thought that I mean that, that's the more obvious question. The Rambam hauls, a person dies, it goes to Alamabo. What happens? We disturb. He's in the middle mamish of Mamash of Alamabo. He's enjoying the enemies of We say, come back. Come back over here. To, uh, to have a goof. What does he want to have a goof for? We probably know you'll get reward, good things. Why does he want to come back and have the goof? Only to die again, and then go back to Eilim Abbas. <laughs> so the Rabbar Benel asked this on the Rambam in his actama to say for Yeshaya, of your eyes, you're Roy, Lonish, and Evokish, Taklis, Bepliad, Sumazois. This is crazy. He's sitting in the Mechitza of the Ribbonish and What does he need? Scharba, Oynish, Lichol, Hanigaf. What does he want this for? And he says the Rambam has no explanation. The Rambam has no. Uh, the Rambam does not have an answer for this part. So the Garbanello asks, Kasha, and the Rambam, what is the purpose of all of this? Why does a person come back and uh, and have to have this Trias hamesim and disrupt his experience in Alam Habah? The Sefer Ikarim asked something which uh, someone asked last time, uh, which is, "Well, why, even if there, this thing does happen, there is Trias hamesim? Why is this Ikar and Amuna?" Why is this one of the 13 that you must believe in if you don't, you don't get Olam Abba? For the Rambam, it's a very strange concept. You're in Olam Abba, you come back to have a goof, go back to Olam Abba, fine, okay, but let's say it happened, but why do you have to believe? Why is that one of the Olam Abba? Putner, in his letters, in the Pakad Yitzchak, has an idea which is uh, really found in the Ramchal, and the Derech Hashem, and if you understand it properly, I believe it really just it comes out of the Rishinim. and they, he explains that the importance of Tchiyas HaMesim and the whole purpose, according to the Rambam, of coming back to be reunited with a guf, only to die again is the following uh, Hudder explains that when the Ribbani based on the Ramchal when the Ribbani Sholeilam created the world as we see from Adam Arish and Kedem Arche, he intended to create a very different world Ribbani Shalom's intent was that a person should sit, should serve the Ribbani Sholeilam And if he does mitzvahs, he'll be rewarded right away. He does averis, he'll be punished. None of this confusion of tzaddik v'ra'loi, rosh none of this. And a person was supposed to spend his days serving the Rebani That's what a Kaddish Baruch intended to create. The problem is, when Adam HaRishon performed the uh, chait of eating from the Yetz hadas, that corrupted the whole system. And says we were no longer ready for that experience of Adam HaRishon Kaitim And the and the world, turns into a very different place and we have confusion, and we have Hester and we have Tzalik V'Ralo, we don't understand anything, and we don't see the, the, the Mishpat of the Riban Eshalalim, and we're not serving HaKadosh Baruch all day, we're busy with many other things. All of this happened in this world after Adam HaRishon performed the Chet of the Eitz And this world is supposed to get us ready for the next world. And what Trias HaMezim represents is the Rebunish I hate to use this term, but it's the Rebunish Elohim rebooting the world to come back to the world that it was supposed to be before the Chet of Adam Arishin. And the reason why it's so critical to believe in Mashiach, which is the end of this world, and Trias HaMezim, which is the beginning of the next world, for all those who are not there at the time of Mashiach, the reason why these two concepts are so critical is because it represents the belief that this is not the Iker world, that this world is a door to something else that is more important, to something which is more meaningful, to where we will understand the rebunish and we'll be able to spend our time serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu only. So the reason why these concepts are so critical is not because a person will come back to Guf, go back to Ilam Abba, is because it represents the world starting over in the ideal world that it was always supposed to be. And that concept to believe that this world is itself not the ikar is that 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 is a very fundamental and core principle and that the Rambam feels as part of the Yugimal Ikri Mamuna. So the reason why the Rambam feels that you are ripped out of Ilam Aba, brought back to be reunited with your kuf, is because the world is starting again for the Rambam. And the Rambam understood then uh, perhaps, that even in the world starting over, a person will die. But we'll get to it in a second. The Ramban explains this concept. I told you the concept. would come from the Rishan, and The Ramban explains this concept. Because the Gemara says over here, there's no difference between the and the The only difference is that in uh, this world we are subservient to the Yemais Mashiach, we will be in charge. Meaning we'll determine our own schedule will determine. Shanama arts, there'll still be poor people. Then there'll still be problems in in in, 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 in haMashiach. So Gemara says, Not much is going to change. It's Gemara. And the Ramban asks, but the pasuk says in Parashas Bichu Kaisai that if you perform the mitzvahs properly, they shavdi in our The banish Sholom will remove the. Uh, dangerous animals, the predatory animals from the world. What, how, the Rebunachim is going to remove predatory animals from the world. So it says the Ramban, that's, going to, that's a change. So he says no. At the time of my brother it's going to revert back. The Shem is going to remove the, uh, the uh, predatory animals from the world. It's not that the Rebunachim is going to change teva. It's going back to the Teba that should have existed prior to the Chet uh, of Adam Arishin. It's not that it's changing Teba, it's going back to what it should have been. And the Pesach says in Parashas Barashas, when the Rabbanu created the world, that the animals ate May Eisev HaOretz. They ate uh, they were all vegetarians. All the animals were vegetarians. So says the Ramban the Pesach concludes, Vayihichin They all ate vegetation and that's the way it was. What's that? That's the way it was? That was their Teva, was to be uh, vegetarians. When Adam Arishan ate from the 8th Hadass, I'm not a vegetarian. When Adam ate from the 8th hadas, that changed Teva, people became crueler people, and animals began hunting and killing other animals. But at the time of Tchiyas HaMezim, at the time of uh, Yemot HaMashiach, that's going to revert back, not that it's going to change the Teva, This we're going to go back to the Teva that existed before the chayt of Adam Ha'arishin. So in which case it seems that the Machlech is the Rambam and the Raiva that we've been discussing over here, whether Eilam Haba is a person is only has a neshama, or perhaps he has a neshama with a guf. Perhaps that represents whether Eilam Haba is an artificial reward or a natural reward. It's just a byproduct of proper amunos, or it's the Rambam, it's intellectual experience, or perhaps it's an artificial reward that you get good things, that a person has to have a goof. it's a neshama together with a goof. Perhaps that, if we dig a little deeper, perhaps that really is a uh, machlekis between the Rambam and the, uh, the Rambam, the Rambam and the Ravid, as to what was in the world of Adam and Meaning the Rambam holds, even after Trias HaMesim, person is reunited with his guf, the world is starting over. It's the world uh, rebooting, the world is coming back to what it always should have been. So a guf has to be reunited with the Neshama. So the Ramban claims at that point, no one's going to die. Because that could be, according to the Ramban in the world of Adam Arish and Achet, no one was supposed to die. But the Rambam holds, even after Trias HaMesim, even after the world is rebooting to the world that it was always supposed to be, and that's Ikar and Amun, you must believe that this world is not the Ekar It's going to come to something more important. And we're going to start over. The Rambam held in the world of Adam Arish and Achet that Adam HaRish was also supposed to die. And in fact, that's between the Ramban and the Rambam. The Ramban writes in Zion <coughs> over here. The Ramban and Parshas Bereishis on the menu on the day that you'll eat from the eitz hadas." The "The day you eat from the eitz hadas, you will die." The Ramban calls aldas Das He's 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 being not nice, but he's calling the Ibn Ezra those who are naturalists. The Rambam has the same thing in the of This is the Ibn Ezra's pshat that this was a punishment for eating from the Eitz That's why it's generally understood. If you ate from the Eitz Hadass, you'll die now. And if what if I wouldn't eat from the Eitz So he says, okay, so you would have died later. But either way, Adam HaVisham was going to die. And the Rambam makes this point that the Marim of obviously he wasn't aware of this, but there's a second law of thermodynamics along those lines, which is that the world, the tens, matter and energy tend to become less useful, they tend to disintegrate over time and get more spread out. All physical bodies, says the Rambam, become less useful over time. And that's a principle of nature, says the Rambam. So it can't be if Adam HaRishon had a goof when he was created that he would last forever. Goof him, natural things don't last forever. They deteriorate, become less useful over time. So therefore, says the Ibn Ezra, and that's what the Rambam calls, He was going to die always. So if he ate now, he's going to die now. Okay. And the Ramban disagrees, and he says, no! Ilmah Eishachat Loy Alam. was never supposed to die before he ate from the Eitz Hadass. What the Pasuk means is, if you eat from the Eitz Hadass, you will then die. But before that, he wasn't supposed to die. So it could be that the is between, I, mean, I think it's uh, the Machlekes between the Rambam and the Ramban, about the nature of Eilam Haba, perhaps the nature of the reward of Eilam Haba, will we have just uh, Nishamas, will we have neshamos and Gufim, relates to the, uh, their understanding of what was Adam HaRish and Kedem HaChait. According to the Rambam, Adam HaRish and Kedem HaChait, he was he uh, was going to die also. And he was going to be left with just the Neshama, in Eilam HaBa. So says the Rambam, even after trias HaMesim, you're reunited with your Guth, the world is starting over, the real world will be able to just serve the Rebunished Home, will understand the Kodesh Baruch Hu. after that a person is going to die, and go back to Ilam HaBa. And Adam HaBah is into a byproduct of a person's emunahs, and is perhaps not an artificial reward, but a natural reward for believing a person will get the opportunity to bask in a Baruch Hu, in knowledge of a Baruch Hu. But for the Ramban, Adam HaRish and Kadim was a neshama together with a goof, And then, therefore, the Ramban also holds that after Trias HaMaisim, the reason why we have Trias HaMaisim is the neshama is reunited together with the guf, and they'll exist like that for eternity, which was what's supposed to have happened with Adam and uh, Koydom HaChet. So the machlaikas that we add between the Ramam and the Ramban is to the nature, of the Ramam and the Ravid, is to the nature of what is the reward world of Olam haba. Is it natural? Is it artificial? Could really have its roots, and that is Adam Chaba, with the with, with guf, without a guf, could really have its roots in what uh, was supposed to be an Adam in Adam Arishan Koydom HaChet. Was it supposed to be a guf or no guf? But I think it goes one level deeper. And that is the point that uh, Rabbi Redder raised, which is a, the Rambam asks, and the, the Rambam finally turns around and Akash on the Ramban he says that I don't understand according to the Ramban we're going to be reunited with our goof, but there'll be no eating there'll be no drinking there'll be no masumata, no, no nothing he so, says so what's the purpose of the goof? why is the goof there, what do we need a goof for so Ramban, the Rambam doesn't understand He says, that's why he understood it as an intellectual experience if there's no achilah, no shsia what's the whole purpose of the goof? <coughs> why is there a goof there at all so the so some say the Ra'oh, who's a Talmud of the Ramban says no because you perform the averus you perform the mitzvahs with the goof so it's like your partner in crime so when you get reward or you get punished he's got to go to jail with you and he's got to get the reward with you and that's uh, he's he's your partner the goof so you have to get judged with the goof and you have to get rewarded with the goof he's the one who you did the mitzvahs and averus with. Rebchazdai Kreskis, Rebchazdai Kreskis was a Talmud from the has a Sefer called uh, Ar Hashem. So Khazdai Kreskis disagrees and he says no. He says, uh, let's say a person's wearing a suit when he performs uh, an Avera. So says he has to go he performs a crime. He has to go to jail wearing that same suit. He's got to stand in judgment with that same suit. So he says no a body is just a suit. The Apostolic says in Sefer Iyam Ar Uvasar taubi Bishani. I'm covered over in Ar ubasa like a garment. So the Chazai said says the body is just a garment, which of course you don't have to be judged in the same garments, or uh, receive punishment or reward in the same garments. So the Rambam understood that this Machlekes, perhaps this is the root of all of it, this Machlekes between the Rambam and the Ramban really goes to a, a greater issue as to what is the identity of a person. The Rambam writes... In the Trias is Ki haguf kulo hachreach mitsuyusi. The Rambam says a guf is a, like a suit. You need it to perform bodily activities, uh, eating, drinking. If there's no need for it, why have it? Because according to the Rambam, a person's identity, his mahus is his neshama. That's who he is. According to the Ramban, it's not the case, and the Ramban makes this point. According to the Ramban, look at the fourth line, you can't have something that has no form, that has no guf. If there's no body, it doesn't exist. For the Ramban, a person's identity is not only his neshama, it's his neshama with his goof. So therefore the Ramban understands that an uh, ilamaba will be neshamas with goofim, and that you're going li- to last like that forever because that's what a person's identity is. It's not just his neshama, it's his neshama together with his goof. That could have led the ramban, the ramban to understand ilamaba as artificial rewards, could have physical rewards. You have a goof, and perhaps it led to uh, many of the issues that we discussed. But the Rambam understands that a person's real identity, who he is, is his intellect, is his neshama. And therefore, the Rambam uh, understood that Eilam Abba will just be a neshama. The guf is only like a suit that we have to have for bodily activities, perhaps forming mitzvahs. So the Rambam says, yes, when Obit Chios will be reunited with your guf, that's critical. The world is going to reboot to the world that it was always supposed to be. But in the end, you will die, and a person will reside in Eilam Abba um, with just his guf, with just his uh, neshama. So all of this could boil down to a fundamental machwek what is the nature of core identity of a person is it his neshama or is neshama together with his guf there might be differences that uh, relate to, to this between the Ramam and the Ramban, one difference might be a shadow that many uh, people are interested in, is does a person come back in the same guf does he come back in the same guf in which he lived so the Ramban claims yes, you come back in the same guf that you lived in because for the Ramban that's part of who you are is a person to get in the neshama, together with that guf. But if Chazdai Kreskis writes in Zohar Hashem, perhaps the Rambam would agree, that his neshama is who he is. So the time of Tchiyas HaMesim, if you ever always you know, wanted to have a different look, so in the time of Tchiyas HaMesim, maybe it will be a different guf. It might not necessarily be, um, it might not necessarily be the, the same goof that you were in when you were alive. But the Ramban understands that it is, uh, is probably uh, the same goof. I don't want to get into this topic, but this might relate uh, to the Indian of Gilgulin. It says the concept exists. The Ramban claims on Chumash that it does. He claims that that's what Yibum is all about, about naming the child of the brother after the dead, uh, the deceased brother, that that's, uh, that that's a continuation of the brother. How could it be a continuation of the brother? He doesn't remember the brother. The baby's going to be born. He asks him, do you remember the brother's life? He's going to say, no, he doesn't remember. How could it be a continuation? Because it might be the same neshama in a different guf. So it's related, but uh, it's a different identity. It doesn't have the memories. Maybe the memories are stuck in the old guf, but at least it's somehow connected. For the Rambam, it can't be. Rav Chazdai Kreskes asks on the whole concept of Gilgulim, how can it possibly exist? I don't remember the last uh, life. He says, how could it be? I'm a Gilgul. If somebody else, I don't remember their life. Because there is nothing except the Neshama. It can't be the memories are stored somewhere else. All you have is the Neshama, so it it's hard to discuss. It's hard to discuss Gilgulim. One final issue um, that might be related to this is, um, is an interesting discussion. It's Mamash Nagelamaisa. It's so strange. But um, <coughs> the Gemara says in Msaphthis Ksubis Baba Basra," that um, that a person cannot affect a Kinyan, you cannot transfer money after a person dies. You can and <coughs> get you can't affect Kinyanim after you die. Rashi though has two pshatim, why not? One pshatim Rashi is because you don't own your money after you die. After you die, you relinquish, uh, you're not vested in your assets anymore, and therefore you cannot transfer ownership of them to somebody else. One Rashi, though, writes, Rashi Subas writes, no, different shots. Rashi Inksubis on that base says the reason you cannot transfer ownership is because you cannot affect a Maisekinian. You're not around to do anything. You, you can't, you, can't uh, you know, hand over a sudar, you can't do mishicha. you can't do hadbal. you can't lift up the item, transfer the item. You're just not around to lift it up. Which is a strange reason. It sounds like from Rashi that you still own your money. Your only problem is that you're kind of, you know, you're predisposed, you're indisposed, and the fact that you're dead, the person's not around, to affect the mitzvah. But were it not for that one detail, uh, that one problem, he could have transferred ownership. And in fact, the Rivev Rebbechanan Wasman in his Kavet Shium on Baba Basra notes the rivet says this. The rivet says that the only problem with transferring money after a person is uh, deceased is that he just can't uh, physically uh, carry out a Maisek Indian. But if he could, then in theory he could transfer ownership. So he'll say, okay, interesting discussion, but that could be what Ramaisha's whole shuva about wills is all about. Ramaisha has a famous shuva about wills. Uh, nowadays, many people do a ha, what's known as a halachic will, which we're not going to get into how that works. But they, let's say they want, uh, they want uh, their assets to be distributed after they pass away, not according to They don't want the bechor to get Pichnaim, They don't want only the brothers to Yash, and they want the daughters to Yash, and they want them to yarsha. and equally. So you can make now a halachic will, which has its own mechanics. But Ramesh says no. A secular will is good enough. Why? Because Ramesh says a secular will is enforceable in court. So therefore, al p'halacha, since it's enforceable in court, it has the status of a kinian. So the minute that you die, your assets get transferred, get distributed based on what, what you wanted. It doesn't go be Yerusha, to your children immediately. You still retain some sort of ownership of it to the extent that if you de, you know, a remise the kingdom from the grave, which Ramesha claims is what a will is, since it's enforceable in court, the secular court has a status of piyalecha, and your assets are distributed based on the will. So die in and others, every, everyone jumps down Ramesha's throat, and they say, we talk, the minute you die, even if it's enforceable in court, the minute you're dead, you don't own your assets. You're dead. How could a person, if he's deceased, own assets? So everyone asks Ramesha, how could it be that a deceased person is transferring ownership? But it could be Ramesha held, I'm not the first to suggest this. It could be Ramesha held like this idea, that uh, even a deceased person could own assets. The only problem is, it can't affect Am I Sikhinian? He can't carry out this act of transferring ownership, but if you'll find the way of doing it, you could, in fact, transfer ownership. And this might be related to this whole issue of what exactly is a person's identity. Who is a person? Now, who am I? Is a person, a neshama, together with the guf? That's how the Ramban seems to have understood, in which case, when a person passes away, it makes sense that he loses all interest in his assets. It's not him anymore. The guf is a separate. The two have been separated. But according to the Rambam, that perhaps in Eilam Abob we're just the Neshama, because that's the way *Adam HaRishan was in, um, uh, b- before the Chet of the Eitz So it could be that the Neshama carries on even after a person dies and perhaps could even, uh, the Neshama could continue to exist in this world, at least uh, with regards to perhaps owning assets and things like that. Okay. Sh'tayach <laughs> <laughs> Aram. the opposite. Like the